Discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God has not changed. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is, that is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatin as Christ is in you. Are you glad you're here? Ask your neighbor, Charlie, are you really glad you're here? Yeah. What do your neighbor say? This is not, your neighbor is not glad. Punch that neighbor for me, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've been sharing concerning expressing your faith, isn't it? How many of you remember? I just want to continue in a certain light today. Okay. Um, in just some few minutes. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I trust in God to preach a very short message today. Hallelujah. Yeah. So let's see what the Lord will do. You never know, maybe it will be five minutes. Sometimes when I say you don't believe me. Yesterday, yesterday I preached at a wedding in a car. And I preached for 25 minutes. Yes. Yes, about two or three weeks ago, I preached at another wedding here in Kumase. And I preached for 15 minutes. So it's not the one I say, it's like you don't believe me. I just, I get surprised. I get surprised. I get surprised when you are behaving like it's like, it's never going to happen. One day I'll shock you. Yeah. So Hebrews chapter 11, let's start from Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 1. Faith is so important. How many of you know faith is so important? Hmm. Learning, learning about faith and finding out what it means. It's very, very important. I mean, without, without your knowledge concerning faith and how faith works, you will struggle as a Christian. There are other Christians who are really struggling, unfortunately. Really, really, really struggling. It's as though God does not hear my prayer. I don't know if God is even hearing me. God, God has heard you. Okay? And most of the time, God has actually answered your prayer. But... The prayer must be received. The answer to the prayer must be received by you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If it didn't work, it was not faith. Because faith always works. Faith always works. And it's our foundation, you see. It's our foundation. Um, I've been sharing concerning the fact that the way you came into Christ, the way you became born again was be through faith. Is it true? Yeah. We came in by faith, yeah. We came in by what? By faith. If you read Ephesians chapter chapter two, let's read Ephesians chapter two, from verse six to verse eight. Okay, Ephesians two from verse six to verse eight. He says, "And has raised us." It's better so let's read from verse four so that we can even understand it very well. Okay, I hear. I hope you brought your notebook and your Bible to church, and I hope you are writing something down. I hope when you go, you go and refer to it. If you don't do it like that, you will never know anything as a Christian. There are those who have also been born again for a very long time, 20 years, and they don't know anything. But they've gone to church all this while. Hallelujah. The way to get you to know is to take notes. Make reference. I'm not saying write every single thing that I'm saying. 
when I say something, when I mention a scripture, you summarize whatever was said about it by the scripture. So that when you go, you can remember what was said about it. Because sometimes you read it on your own and you don't really understand what you read. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, you have to make sure you are writing something, okay? But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Sometimes when I read some of these scriptures, I become very excited. It's God who is what? He's rich in mercy. If there's anything that God is rich in, is in mercy. He's rich in mercy. He has mercy, plenty. It means that you must receive mercy from him. Hallelujah. Yeah. Mercy for all your faults. If you read in Hebrews chapter, chapter 4, verse, verse 16, okay, he talks about it. He says, you should come boldly to the throne of grace. Let's look at Hebrews 4, 16. He says, let us therefore come. Let's read the Amplified. The Amplified is very nice if you have it, if you've got Amplified. It says, let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. The throne of God's merited favor to us sinners. You know he's not talking about uh, if you are born again, you are not a sinner anymore. You know that, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you are born again, Hebrews, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, does not apply to you any longer. Romans chapter 3, verse 22 and verse 24 is what applies to you. So stop thinking of yourself as a sinner. A sinner as I am. Are you born again? Are you a child of God? If you are not born again, then you can say such things. But if you are, not bo- if you are born again, you are not supposed to be saying those things to yourself. And thinking, if you, the more you say it to yourself, the more you think like that. Okay, some people are wondering what is written in Romans chapter 3, verse 22 and 24. So, let's, let's just go back and then we'll come forward, okay? So, go to Romans chapter 3. Let's read from verse 20 so that we understand even better. Alright. This is therefore by the deeds of the Lord that shall no flesh be justified in God's sight. The word his is God. If you read, you see, if you read the context, you understand what he's talking about. It is therefore by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in the sight. For, the, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. It says, by... There's no way anybody will be declared. The word justified means to be declared righteous. There's no way anybody will be declared righteous before God by the doings of the law. Do you see? What is, the, what is the law? The law is those the Ten Commandments that God gave. It was actually 613 together. There were laws concerning how you should wash your hand, how you should wash your hair, how you should, you should wash your feet, how, what should happen if you are driving and you knock someone's uh, goats or sheep down. If some, plenty of things were laws concerning practically every single thing concerning their life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But he lets you know that the law is not given to perfect any man because the law cannot make any man righteous. So he says, therefore, by the doings of the law, there shall no flesh be, no man can be declared righteous before God. If you try to fulfill the law, it cannot, you can't do it. I realize that the more you try to obey the Ten Commandments, the more you disobey it. I don't know if you realize it. It's scriptural, it's in the Bible. Okay, go to First Corinthians chapter 15. This is not part of what I'm going to share with you. But as I look at your faces, it's like I should go there. So let's go to First Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 56. Okay, First Corinthians 15, 56. Hallelujah. I hear. He says, the sting of death is what? Is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. So the law is given to strengthen sin. Can you imagine? God gave them the Ten Commandments to strengthen sin in them. To let them know that they are sinners so that they can cry out to God for salvation. Because man was not really ready to recognize God as the only person who can help him. Man was wrong in sin and felt that he was okay. So God gave them the law. Why did he give them the Ten Commandments? So that it will strengthen sin for them to know that they are sinners. So that they will cry out to God. That was the purpose of the law. So he shows you that the, 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 for by the deeds or by the doings of the law, there shall no flesh, there is no way you become 
righteous with God. You can't, God cannot declare righteous by virtue of the law. Because the more you try to live according to the law, the more you realize that you cannot live according to the law, the more sin shows up. You get it? So, go back to Romans 3. 20. It says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified. Then he gives you the reason why no flesh can be justified by the doings of the law. It says, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. By the law is what? By the law is the knowledge of sin. The more of the law you know, the more of the law, you know what law I'm talking about, the Ten Commandments with all the things that it goes with. The more you try to keep it, the more you have knowledge of sin. And the more you have knowledge of sin, the more you will sin. Isn't that amazing? Yesterday, I was, last night I was listening to radio. I don't listen to radio much, but I was listening to radio in the car. And as, as I was listening, I tried to, you know, I was trying to find something very good to listen to, you know. So I went to the various stations, and there were some people preaching on the stations. And I was not happy with what they were saying, you know, because we were preaching about, someone, one guy said that, how can you be talking about prosperity in church? How can you be talking about this one in church and this one, um, good things to the people of God in church? You're supposed to be preaching about sin and what will prevent them from going to heaven. That's what he was saying on radio, and I was, I was like, oh, this guy, he needs to be taught the word of God. Seriously. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He needs to be taught the word of God. Huh. I was very sad. When, and when they talk about righteousness, they are thinking about the righteousness that is of the law. The righteousness that is... The word righteousness means to be declared not guilty or to be acceptable to God. That's what righteousness means. To be acceptable before God. Do you understand? To have the right to be able to stand before God and to relate with God. And to talk with, with God and to chat with God and to have friendship with God or be in a love relationship with God. They say that the only way one can have that kind of standing with God is for that person to be doing some things. You are acceptable to God if you are doing some things by works. You understand? That, and it's, it's actually an, an underlining factor in most people's minds, including some of us sitting here. You see, if you did something wrong last night, you are not feeling good right now. You get it? It's like, I'm not really qualified. A lot of people don't go to church because of those things. Because when they go to church, the preacher will tell them that because you did A, B, C, D. God, God doesn't like you like that. God doesn't, like, God doesn't enjoy you like that. Don't even try. Your prayer is not even acceptable before God. What are you talking about? God knows that there is no way we can obey him. God knows. That is why God gave his only begotten son. And that is why he wrote these things. He says, for by the knowledge of the law is the knowledge of sin. By the law is the knowledge of sin. The more you get, the more you try to put some things around you. I will not insult again. I will not insult my mother again. You are lying. You insult her with capital letters. You will say things to her that you, you didn't plan to say. Hallelujah. Because that's what the law is. There's no way you can be acceptable before God by doing the law. You will never feel qualified. You will never feel good. You always feel terrible. You always feel like you're a bad person. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Sinner that I am. That is why you always be confessing your sins before God. Every time when, you, when they say pray for, pray for the sick, you start by saying, Father, you know that we are not worthy before you. What? Don't say that. Why are you saying that? He has made you worthy. The Bible says that he has made us qualified. He has taken us out of the kingdom of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom of his, the son of his love. The kingdom of the son of his love. And that's another thing altogether. He has taken us out of darkness. He did it. He knew we couldn't do it, so he came to do it. It's called grace. That is what the Bible says, that grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to come and save us from ourselves. Save us from sin and save us from ourselves. From the efforts, the useless efforts. Eh? 
For instance, the Jews want to please God by their works. Because they are the ones who are given the law. Okay? So Paul, Paul was so sad about the, the efforts of the Jews. He called them my brethren. He was so sad about, about them that... Go to Romans chapter 10 verse 1. I said this is not part of what I'm preaching, but whatever it is, it's powerful, isn't it? I, I'm sure the Spirit of God is talking to all of us. Yeah. This is Paul talking. All those who try to do that, you, are, you, you, want to, you want to only talk to God when you are fine. That is why you, you start condemning. You know there are some spiritual people who condemn others. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I don't know if you went to SU when you were in school. The SU guys were all sanctimonious, like, they're so spiritual. And they had their own clique. You couldn't get close to them. They would have prayer and all that. You can't get close. Holy brethren. And the demonic brethren on the other side. Can you imagine that? Most of the people I went to school with who were in, who were in SU are not in the Lord like that any longer. Now, those bad boys, entertainment prefects, and while there are some entertainment prefects and tapis sitting here, I'm telling you, very wild guys, they are not the ones who are serving God, they are doing things for the Lord. Because those people thought that they could please God with their own like their own mind and their, their own works and all that. It's called self, self-righteousness. Yeah, one, enter P. He's camera, he's pastor now. Cameraman, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There's no way. You cannot. It will not work. You see, and as soon as you start thinking that you are, you are okay, you, you, are, you are the standard for others to emulate, you are in trouble. The Bible says, let the one who thinks he's standing be careful lest he falls. Sure. Then when you hear that your brother has done something, like someone has done something wrong, so they can. So they can. Oh, these people are not spiritual enough. They are not spiritual at all. The day your problem will come. The whole world will, the whole world will hear of it. Yeah. So we don't, we don't function like that. Okay? We don't find, God doesn't, that's not how God behaves. That's not how God thinks. God thinks differently. Hallelujah. So he says, this is Romans chapter 10 verse, verse 1. He says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Because Israel is not saved. Israel as a nation is not saved. There are some people, there are some Israelites who have decided to receive Jesus Christ as a personal savior. But more than 90% of them don't think that Jesus is the savior. So look at what they are doing. Look at the next thing. For I bet them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. And that's what happens to most people. They have a, they have a, they have a record that they, 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 they have a zeal of God. There's a certain zeal. You know, they really want to, Charlie, like audacious guys, like I'm praying, I'm doing this. I'm, do, I'm not saying prayer is wrong. I pray a lot. If you don't know, I'm telling you. We do all those things. But we don't do them to be able to qualify before God. To be able to have a certain standing before God. Like, because God, because I've been praying in terms of the next, the last three hours, every single thing that I ask of you, you must do it or else. You know, we are not saying it on our lips. People are not saying it on their lips. But that is what is in your heart. And God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at the mouth. He looks at the heart. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? So some people have it, they have it there, it's inside. So when you come to church and we are praying, we say lift up holy hands. You lift up holy hands because you feel you are qualified. It's like I've done this week, I've been pure. I've been very pure this week. God, don't even bring yourself. I'm lifting up holy hands to you. Better receive what I'm I'm bringing to you, or else you see what I'll do to you. Yes, yeah, some people are warning God in their hearts. Hallelujah. 
He says, I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but it is not according to knowledge. It is not according to knowledge. It is not according to the revelation knowledge that God has brought. Do you understand? There's some revelation, revelation, there's a knowledge that God has brought. Look at the next thing. For they be ignorant of God's righteousness. You see, they are ignorant of God's righteousness. It's called God's righteousness. God's right. It is God's own righteousness. Can you imagine? God's inability to be wrong. It is God's rightness. He says, they are ignorant for they being... I'm not the one who wrote that. I don't have a printing press. I don't have one yet. I'll have one, but I don't have one yet. So I didn't print this one. We'll print Bibles, but right now, I'm not the one who printed this one. Hallelujah. So I, have, I ain't got nothing to do with this. Please. Okay? For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness. It's called, some people call it self-righteousness. Eh? Or it's called your own righteousness. Your own righteousness. Hmm? Have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Everybody must submit himself to the righteousness of God. You must. If you don't, you have trouble. You always have trouble. You always see God, your, your, your view concerning God will always be warped. You always think of God as someone who is sitting up there to looking for you to do some wrong and then he pounce on you and judge you. But God is, God is not like that. This is called the acceptable time. The Bible calls this time, it says now is the acceptable time. God is sitting on a throne called grace. And grace means that I am willing and ready to help you. I am sitting on this throne to help you. That is what God is there for. You see. Okay, amplified. This is for, for being ignorant of the righteousness that God ascribed, which makes one acceptable to him in word. This is nice. I like it. Okay? It says, for being ignorant, the Jews are ignorant of the righteousness that God ascribes, that which makes one acceptable to him in word, in thought, and in deed. And seeking to establish their, their establish a righteousness, a means of salvation of their own, they do not obey or submit themselves to God's righteousness. They are those who are saved and are continuing in their own righteousness. Every time when you are when thinking about God, you are always thinking, if only. It's like you have to do something so that you will be acceptable. It's in your mind. Is it true? Yeah, it's in your mind. It's like, if only I can start praying three hours. Ah, hello, You just speak in tongues and as icing on top of what you just thought. If only I, I will be. If only I can stop doing this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what easily besets you. <laughs> if only I can stop doing this thing. If only I can stop smoking. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be fine. Everything will be okay with me. The Lord will take care of me more. You should know that the Lord has been taking care of you in that moment. The fact that you are not even dead. Is part of the mercy and the grace of God. And the, as soon as you accept that fact, that God is with me in my situation, where I am, that situation will vanish. I, I don't know if I'm making sense. You think that God is not with you in, in that particular situation. It's like God cannot be here. God cannot be here. Listen, God loves you into detail. Into detail. He, he's with you at all times. Not to kill you, but to help you. Okay? So, go back to Romans chapter 3, verse 20, where we're reading. Am I helping you? Okay. It says, for, therefore, by the deeds of the law, 
there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the for by the law is the knowledge of what of sin. Then it says, but now, okay, say but now. But now. It says, but now the righteousness of God. The righteousness this is a definite article. This is what comes from God. But now the righteousness of God without the law. It, this righteousness has nothing to do with the law. It doesn't have anything to do with the Ten Commandments. It doesn't have anything to do with all those things that you have to obey in order to be acceptable before God. God brought the law and said that if you do all these things, you'll be acceptable before me. And he knew that it will not, it will, they can't do it. And the reason why he gave it to them was so that they would cry out to him for him to bring himself and come and die so that they can be saved. That's why God gave them the law. Do you understand? The Bible calls him a schoolmaster. He calls the, the, the law a schoolmaster. That was supposed to bring the child to school. The word schoolmaster, and the, the Greek word is paedagogos. It means one who brings the child to school. Not the child trainer, the one who brings the child to school. He's the one who to, he's to bring the child. Let's read that one. Romans chapter, sorry, Galatians chapter 3, isn't it? Let's read from verse 19. Let's read in the Message Bible, if you have message. Okay? It summarizes what I'm talking about. It says, speak in tongues for some time. I mean, before I read this, I want you to get it far. Hallelujah. It says, the purpose of the law was to keep a sinful people in the way of salvation. Are you hearing? It says, the purpose of the law was to keep a sinful people in the way of salvation until Christ, the descendant came. Inheriting the promises and distributing them to us. Hallelujah. That was the purpose of the Lord. To keep them in the way of salvation. So that Christ would come. And when Christ comes, he will receive the inheritance. What inheritance? The promises of Abraham. The inheritance that God gave to Abraham. Okay? The promise of the heavens and the earth. And everything that is in it. He says you receive it and after receiving you distribute it upon us. And this has happened already. Christ has come. Christ has died. Christ has, was buried. Christ rose up from the dead. Christ is seated in the heavenly places in, 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 in the, on the right hand of God. This has happened. Yes, obviously, this law was not a first-hand encounter with God. It was arranged by angelic messengers through a middleman, Moses. Can you imagine? Look at the next thing. But if there is a middleman as there was, there was at Sinai, then the people are not dealing directly with God. God, are they? But the original promise is the direct blessing of God, received by faith. If such, did you hear what he said? Are you sure you heard what he said? He says, but the original promise is the direct blessing of God. The direct blessing of God. Received by faith. By that, so the person deals directly with God. No mediators, nothing. It's between him and God. And he, he does so by faith. All this faith. I believe in what God has said. He says, I am. And what he said, he says he's given to me. <laughs> I, I like it. It's mine. Therefore, I walk like that. If such is the case, is the Lord then an anti-promise? A negation of God's will for us? Not at all. His, his purpose was to make obvious to everyone that we are in ourselves out of right relationship with God. And therefore to show us the futility of devising some religious system for getting by our own efforts what we can only get by waiting in faith for God to complete his promise. Uh, he's nailed the thing on the head. So all those, it's, it's futile. It won't work. Okay? This and this, this actually okay. For if any kind of rule keeping had had power to create life in us, we would certainly have gotten it by this time. Did you did you get it? If for if any kind of rule keeping rule keeping 
had power to create life in us. I didn't write this one. We would certainly have gotten it by this time. There is nothing. It can't work. Go to the next verse. Until, that, until the time when we were mature enough to respond freely in faith to the living God, we were carefully surrounded and protected by the Mosaic Law. That was the purpose of the Mosaic Law. Look at verse 24. The law was like those Greek tutors with which you are familiar. Who escort children to school? You see, they, they escort children to school and protect them from danger or distraction, making sure the child will really get to the place they, they set out for. The, the, the law was just to get you to a certain place, to get them. And that has happened already. We are in the age of grace. The law has ended. But some people still want to function according to that particular one. Because that one looks more spiritual than this one. This one is like you are not doing anything. So some people say, it's not spiritual. How can you say this one is? Do you know what it means? Do you know who God is? God has, God has said that this is what I like. Can you imagine? This is what I like. I know they can't do it. I mean them to help them do it. Yet people say, I don't like, I don't like this one. We know like. We want a difficult one. We show the people. There are a lot of preachers who are showing the people. They do their face like this. You are a sinner. You are sinning. Look at you. You are not living a righteous. And they will never tell you what to do to stop the foolish thing that you are doing. Well, I need help. Everybody needs help. Everybody. You don't you know yourself. Who doesn't know him or herself? Check your neighbor. Check yourself. I mean, check your stomach. I mean, check. Ask your neighbor, don't you know yourself? Ask your neighbor, do you need to be reminded of what you are? Oh, I mean, hallelujah. Yeah. It's called the righteousness of God. The goodness, God's goodness. God has done it. We just have to accept it. We receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior. Now we must accept the fact that He has made us and declared us His righteousness. It's, we are, we are His. He's with us. He's in us. He's around us every time. And the more you think about Him like that, He's in me. He's with me. He's around me. You realize that. Your, the sin consciousness is gone. We are not thinking along a certain line anymore. And that is the route to, to overcoming all the infirmities that are around you. Do you understand? Yeah, all the seeming infirmities. The Bible talks about putting off the work of the flesh and putting on righteousness or putting on the new man. That, that, talks, that speaks about our consciousness. What is happening in our minds and in our hearts. Hallelujah. It works. It does work. It has worked in people's lives over the years. Okay? It's tried and proven. It works. And it, it will certainly work in your life. Yeah? Ephesians 4, verse 24. And that, it says, And that he put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. It's put, put him on. How do you put on the new man? We are new men. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Or he's a new man. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we are. Yet he's telling us to put on. How can you put on something you already are? He's talking about your consciousness. Putting it on in your mind. Thinking from that place. Most of us exist thinking from another place. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. And that's, that's, the, that's the problem. That's the problem. Every time, oh sinner that I am. Who shall save me from this body of sin? Stop saying those things. When you stand before God, you just look at, you are praying to pray. You know? And close your eyes in a certain way. Shut it. Lord. 
God, you know me. Yes, he knows you. How does he know you? He knows you as his righteousness. But you are saying, Lord, you know me with your sin in mind. With your somewayness in mind. By the deeds of the Lord, there shall no flesh be justified in the sight. Okay. See, so, Amplified clarifies it for us. Amplified. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23 to 24. It says, And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. You see, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Are you seeing it? This is what it means to be spiritual. To be spiritual is not what you've been thinking. It's someone who, who's like this. Doesn't, don't touch me. Have you seen that soap called Don't Touch Me? How many of you know that soap called Don't Touch Me? Yeah, yes. They are spiritual. And then, hey, okay, I'm going to do, you do this. The Bible says we should pray always. Pray without season. So as you are moving around, so you don't even know whether to eat and pray. So after eating, oh, relax. Tell me about relax. Relax. To be spiritual means to think the way God wants you to think. That's what it means to be spiritual. You understand? Yeah. Jesus was not spooky. You know, Jesus was not spooky. Jesus was God walking on earth. Yet people could relate with him. You are so spiritual, all the bad boys cannot come to you. You are not spiritual. Jesus was called a friend of publicans and sinners, a friend of tax collectors. Wine by Babuzites. Jesus was described as a Buzite. Do you know Buzite? Because he was sitting amongst. I'm not, someone, someone said that. I'm finished. I'll be sitting around all my boys. That's not what I'm talking about. Those guys came to, be, to repent. They came to change. Do you understand? Yeah. At all those parties, people changed. Jesus organized parties. You are so spiritual, I can't organize a party. What is wrong with you? It's like, the more spiritual you are, the, the, the more isolated you are from life. Do you understand? It's like you are so... <laughs> you are set apart for the Lord. <laughs> you are too set apart. You are useless in this world. God may have to come and take you away. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a shout. <laughs> Say, I'm glad I'm born again. I'm glad I'm born again. Yeah. So, the righteousness, right? But now, the righteousness of God, Romans 3.21. But now, the righteousness of God without the law, the righteousness of God apart from the law is manifested, has been showed, has been demonstrated, has been brought to light. It was disclosed. Now it was it was closed up now it's been disclosed. It's been brought to light. It's been brought to bear for all of us to see. Since being witnessed, it was spoken of by the law and the prophets. This particular righteousness was spoken of by the law and the prophets. And you can check it in the Old Testament. You see so many times. They talking about the prophets talking about the righteousness of God that was going to come. Okay? But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith, even the righteousness of God, which comes by faith, where? Of Jesus Christ, of faith in Jesus Christ. Believing this righteousness is given to you as soon as you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. As soon as you receive him, this righteousness is given over to you. The Bible says that 
with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. Which righteousness is he talking about? He's talking about the righteousness of God. This is the first thing that is given to you the day you become born again. Do you understand? Yeah. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith. It is by faith of Jesus Christ. Unto all and upon all them that believe. Have you believed? Ask your neighbor, do you believe? Joshua, do you believe? You believe? Ask your neighbor, do you believe? Ask your neighbor, do you believe? Have you believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior? What did he say? You believe? Yeah, he says, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. If you read the whole of chapter 3, you understand that he's talking about the Jews and the Greeks. Because the Jews felt that they were closer to God. And the Gentiles felt that they were far away from God. But the Bible says that through Jesus Christ, he has made the two one. He has created one new man out of the two. He has broken the middle wall of partition that was separating the two. And all this happened by the grace of God. It's the grace of God. Jesus Christ came with it. He came with it. This is what Jesus came to accomplish. He came so that we might be or become. Do you understand? Yeah. He became poor so that we might become rich. He became sin so that we might become righteousness. All the opposites of all the terrible opposites he became. Hmm? So that we might become the good opposites. The nice opposites. Hallelujah. Do you know why you are holy? The Bible describes us as, as holy brethren. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 3. Let's read Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. Meaning that your holiness is not even dependent on what you do or do not do. Hey. It's called good news. Too good to be true news. You, you can't think about it. You can't think madness about it. It's like, ah, what are you talking about? You mean holiness is not, I'm not supposed to become a saint somewhere before I've declared holy. What, what, you should understand what holiness means. The opposite of holiness is not sin. The opposite of holiness is commonness. Do you know that? The opposite of sin is righteousness. But the opposite of holiness is commonness. When we say something is holy, it means that that thing has the presence of God upon it. When we say something is common, it means that the presence of God is not upon that thing. Do you understand? How, how come you are holy? Keep your finger here. Go to 2 Corinthians, okay? Chapter 6. Let's read verse 16. 2 Corinthians 6, 16. It says, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? <laughs> read the rest. One to go. Okay, hold on. I want you to read it this way. For I am the temple of the living God. Read it. One to go. Hold on. You, do you know who the Corinthian church were? Do you know the Corinthian? How many of you know the Corinthian church? The Corinthian church was a church that was in a place called Corinthian. Eh? The Corinth church. They were a very terrible group. They, they, Paul is not supposed to be writing this to them. You understand? Because they were very bad. They were so bad, someone was sleeping with his father's wife. They come for communion service. When they come for the communion service, they come and booze and vomit over there. They booze. They drink the wine plenty and eat and vomit at the service. Lie in it till morning. Then they'll go, what a service. And then they'll go home. Paul was so angry with them. He said, what are you talking about? Is this the law? Is this the law stable or is something else? What, what do you mean? 
But he wrote to them and told them that you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. You are not as bad as you think you are. People are bad. Oh. You, you are not bad. Oh. So, you see, so you allow the devil to talk to you. The devil can have conference with you. Conference. He's in a conference with you. He's chatting with you. And then you are trying to go in agreement with the devil. Hey, he's talking to you. Look at how bad you are. Look at your head. You are not nice. You are too bad. You don't even, you don't even, you don't. Pastor, they say they want to, you become a pastor in future. Who? You? You? Who? 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 Is it the one behind you or the one by? Who? You? Pastor? The devil is just talking to you like that. And sometimes you use other people to also talk to you. <laughs> when you take your Bible to go to church, as you are going, uh, then your friend will meet you on the road. <laughs> The best will start singing for you. And then Christopher You two are worshiping God. Christians have become many these days. You two are worshiping God. No, no, no. Put the Bible there and let's go and do something else. Why? You should know that we are already condemned. Forget about these things. You are not good enough. Oh. The devil just be talking to you. Talking to you. If you follow the devil, the devil, you will not do a lot of things. The Bible says, let God be true and all men be lies. How would you know what God is saying? This is what God is This is his word is what he says. God's word is his word. You get it. I, I choose to believe what God says than to believe what my physical body tells me or my mind tells me or what other people tell me. Bob says, let God be true and all men, including you, be liars. So I choose to accept what God has said. He says that I'm his temple. It's as simple as that too. I agree with what God has said. I agree with what God has said. I am his temple. I agree. I believe it. I believe it. I believe what God has said. Stop reading all those portions of the Bible where, he, where it's like God is making a demand out of you in a certain way. Be ye holy, for I am holy. No. How can you... If I say, be ye a girl, as I'm a girl. Eh? What am I saying? It means that I'm telling you that you're a girl. So behave like a girl. Doesn't make sense. Probably you're behaving like a guy. So behave like a girl. That scripture does not mean that Become, try and become holy because I am holy. It's in the New Testament. Is there right now? Uh huh. Because it is written, "Be ye holy." If 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 you read the whole chapter, you'll be shocked. So someone reads this, and then that's the only thing it takes. You take this, be ye holy. When you know, some time ago, people were greeting ladies like this. You know, they greet like this. This is what we did. Come, come, let's do it. So, come, you are walking. You are walking from there. Hot chick, you are coming. Brother, so when we come, you just look at there. Then we do this. You don't, you don't want to even touch, like, hey, hey, I don't want any problem with adipose tissues. Adipose, adipose tissues will worry me. The adiposity will worry me. Do you know adipose tissues? Yeah, fats, a certain kind of fats. That makes the, a lady's body become very cushiony and all those things. Hallelujah. So I don't want to any I don't want to have any contact with adiposity. 
But you go home and go and suffer. Is it not sad? You're, because your mind is worrying you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, I'm even talking too much. Look at, look at, this, look at the scripture. Right, from verse 15. I told you that if you read the whole thing, it will be powerful, isn't it? Look at this. Oh, look at this. It says, but as he, which, as he which has called you is holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation. Do you understand that? It says, you know what? All manner of conversation. Of course, he's not talking about conversing with somebody. He's talking about your life. The expression of your life. Let the expression of your life communicate the holiness that God has made you. Because the one who has called you is holy. I don't know if the Amplified will say it very well. Let's look at the Amplified. It says, but as the one who called you is holy, you yourselves also be holy in all your conduct, a man of living. Have you seen it? In all your conduct, a man of living. That is what he's asking you to do. The expression. So how can you express something that you don't have? That is why I said that if I say be a girl to a girl or be a, be a, if I say be a lady to a girl, if I said be a lady to a guy, it's a problem. It's a problem. I'm promoting homosexuality, isn't it? But if I say to a lady, be ye a lady, be lady. What I'm saying is that in your expression, in your walk, be a lady. You know, behave like a lady. Talk nicely. Dress nicely. Do you understand? Don't behave like a tomboy. You have you are you are macho, you are capitalist. <laughs> no. Do you understand? <laughs> for it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Okay? She's talking about your, the expression of your life. I can't lay a demand on you that I know you can't meet. No. It's not gonna work. Pastor Rami, please come and stand here. Let's clap for Pastor Ami Africans. Hallelujah. They are looking very nice. Pastor Jennifer, please come. Pastor Jennifer, carry Pastor Rami to the back. Carry Pastor Rami to the back. This is the commandment from the Lord. Carry Pastor Rami to the back. Pastor Rami, she's yours. Hey, what are you doing? Is that how to carry? I just say walk her to the back. Is this a correct instruction? Is this a correct instruction? It's a wicked instruction. This is a wicked, this is a completely wicked instruction. I mean, that no matter what she does, carry, uh, 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 the instruction is, carry her on your head. <laughs> Someone just said murder. <laughs> that is murder, it's killer, it's gonna, it's gonna, I'm gonna kill her. What an instruction. But let's change it. Pastor, Pastor Jennifer, please stand here. Then I said to Pastor, Pastor Ami, carry her to the back right now. Is it, have you seen how it is working? You can take your seat. You are tired. I'm sorry. Can take your seat. Thank you, the Lord of Lords. You see, so if God says do something, God, God is mistaken. God is not correct. Okay? If he should give an instruction that he knows that you can't you can't do. And God will be remiss. That's a cruel tax master, isn't it? God will be remiss to give you instructions that he knows you cannot do. He knows very well that you cannot do it. You cannot do it, but he says that you are the one to do it. Is it going to work? It's not going to work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He says that you are the temple of the living God. He knows that he is inside you. What makes a thing holy is God's presence. And God is inside you. 
with all of his presence. He says, as he has said, I will walk in them. Hmm? I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. They shall be my people. I shall be their God. Yeah. Second Corinthians 16. And what are given as the temple of God with the idol, with idols? For ye had the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. I will. I will to dwell in them. I want to dwell in them. And he has come to dwell in us. I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God. And they shall be my people. That's what makes you holy. So when he calls you holy, he knows what he's talking about. That's why he can demand holiness from you. Walk as one who is made holy. In Ephesians, if you read Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 2, okay, God tells you what he has made you. Even up to chapter 3 and somewhere in chapter 4. He tells you what he has made you. Then from chapter 4 onwards, he tells you how to walk because of what he has made you. We can, I can read the whole thing to you. If you like, when you go read it, you see what I'm talking about. And the same thing is with Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. It ends in chapter 3, verse 6, I believe. Okay, let me, let me give you, let me show it to you, okay? Let's read Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1, so that you see what I'm talking about. It says, if ye then be risen with Christ, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ, let's read a simpler version. Let's read Amplified. Or Amplified will not be simple. Let's read message and see. Okay? So if you are serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things about which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground. Absorb the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what God, what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. <laughs> see things from his perspective. Hallelujah. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He's your life. Isn't that nice? Look at the next thing. When Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you show up. You show up too. The real you. The glorious you. Meanwhile, they can't be content with obscurity like Christ. It's like, what is inside is hidden. When you say you're a new man, your friend will look at you. Where? Which part of your body is in? You have this treasure in earthen vessels. Hallelujah. Look at verse 5. And that means killing off everything connected with that way of death. You see, that he talks about what it means. Now that you are a new man, what it means. He says, what I've, what I've spoken about, your, your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is alive shall appear, then shall we appear with him. Okay? Then he goes on. Let's go, go to King James. What I'm saying now is in King James, the King James version. Like King James children. Hallelujah. Read, let's read from verse, from verse 3. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Or hidden with Christ in God. Hallelujah. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear. Then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Hmm? Then it says, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. It says, mortify. The word mortify means to, to, to kill or to, to cut the supply off. Okay? It's a... It's a it's a blood term. It has something to do with the vascular system. The vascular system. Cutting the blood supply. You know, if we, if we prevent blood from being supplied to your palm, you know your palm will die. Your hand will die. Do you know? How many of you know that? Do you know about castration? Castrating men. <laughs> okay, if you want to castrate a man, there are different ways that they could, they could crush 
the testicles. It's very painful, isn't it? You see, when, when you are even bathing, your hand hits it in a certain way. You don't, you don't feel so you are like, eh, you chalk for some time. Is it true? They can crush it or they can just tie the testicle. Is it true? The doctor, is it true? They can tie it with rope and prevent blood from flowing to it. I hear it will fall off. Without being cut, it will fall off on its own. Can you imagine? It will fall off like that. Because there's no blood supply. It's the same term that is introduced here. <laughs> that it should prevent the supply of blood. Now that your life is hidden in God, in Christ in God, he says, mortify, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. This is your members, your body. He says, prevent the supply of sin blood. Hmm? Don't allow it to flow through your body. Mortify therefore your members upon the earth. Fornication. Okay, so now let's go back to the message. And that means killing off everything connected with that way of death. Sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust. Doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it. You feel like boozing. I'm going to booze. Man. Hallelujah. Whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it. And grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. Grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. You know, I like this dress. No matter what I'll do to get it, I'm going to get it. If I have to sleep with somebody, I don't mind, I'll get it. Hallelujah. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. It's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. <laughs> it wasn't long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better. You didn't know, but now you know. So he says, but you know better now. So make sure it's all gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, dirty talk. Don't lie to one another. You are done with that old life. It's a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you've stripped off and put in the fire. You strip it off, you put it in the fire. So he says, let it remain in the fire. Don't go and take it again. So that's the instruction. God gives you, he lets you know what he has made you. It is only the knowledge of what he has made you that will help you to drop all the foolishness of life. But now that it's not going to work, it can't work. Look at verse 10. Now you are dressed in a new wardrobe. Hallelujah. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the creator. Customized. Which is la- which, which with his label on it. What a shock. All the old fashions are now obsolete. So don't dress in the old man. Dress in the new man. Do you understand? It's like a human being dressed like a monkey. It doesn't make sense. See, I'm a new man. So it's very easy to live the life that God has called us to live. If only we accept what he has said we are. And just live the way he says we should live. Because he has made us in such a way that we can live the way he wants us to live. That's why. So it's, it's in our expression. I'm the righteousness of God. I, I now express it in Jesus' name. As simple as that. And you'll be fine. When you falter, he says, come to the throne of grace to receive mercy. When you get to a point where you realize that it's difficult, it says, take grace to help you in your time of your need. This girl is calling you, baby. Baby. She's doing her eyes like this. Come to me, baby. And you realize that, Charlie, you want to go. 
you want to go. You like my message? You realize that you want to go. The way this lady is calling me. God, I want to go. So you tell God. You have to be honest with God. At such times. God, I want to go. If you don't do something, I will go. (laughs) And God will help you. That's grace. You understand? You want to steal the thing. Clear, it's clear. There's nothing. Taking it would not be a big deal. Nobody will see it. You can even tell God, God, just one. Just, just this one. I'm just doing just this one. Last one. What do you think? You see? <laughs> and that's, what, that's the kind of relationship God wants with us. So the fact that you can talk to him when you are in difficult, Sally, God, I want to lie. I really want to lie. I know I'm a new man, but I want to lie. I really want to lie. At this juncture, don't pretend. Don't behave as like... Behaving sanctimonious, all kinds of things are coming to you. Uh, there was this man of God who was working with another man of God somewhere in, in London, around the, some of these train, whatever, train stations. They were walking around, they going to board a train. As we were going, the pastor friend of his by him just shouted, Leave me alone! Where's my. Yeah, that was how he behaved. That was what he did to me. Leave me alone! Stop talking to me! Get out of my life! And the other pastor stood and watched him. Ah, what is happening? Then this guy said, Charlie, the devil is talking to me too much. He's just talking to me like that. That's why I was telling him to leave me alone. Now I'm better. Let's continue. (laughs) Yeah, you have to tell the devil, leave me alone. Ah, why? Why? Am I the only one in the world? Leave me alone. What's your problem? Well, go somewhere else. I thought they said, I thought the Bible said you move to and fro. You have told me, go, go, go somewhere. Uh, Yeah, go. Ah, why? You move to and fro, so go somewhere else. You find grace to help you in your time of need. Hallelujah. And you'll be fine. You realize that you are living the life God wants you to live. You are just becoming wonderful every single day. You know? And your faith is working. You know, all these things that God has done must be accessed by faith. You see? Grace must function by faith. We receive the grace of God by faith. We receive all the things that God has done by faith. Faith is, I have not seen it. And that was where I, I wanted us to start from today. Okay? But because of time, I'll continue on Tuesday. Hallelujah. But I want to show it to you briefly, and then we'll, we'll go on on Tuesday. Go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. A reading from verse 4, isn't it? Do you remember? That was where we started from. Okay. Ephesians chapter 2, from verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love with you, loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, has made us alive together with Christ. Then it says, by grace are you saved. Hallelujah. Say, I'm saved by grace. Grace Grace is God's work. God worked it. God did it himself. He made salvation available. By grace are you saved. Then he goes on to verse 6 and says that, go to verse 6, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. These things have happened. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Verse 8. Then it says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Have you seen it? For by grace are you saved through faith. Then it says, and that not of yourselves, this is the gift of God. Verse 9. Not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not of works. This is the foundation of Christianity. The fact that it is by grace through faith, not of works. 
Are you saying it? By grace, through faith. The grace is from the Lord Jesus. If you read in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, he mentions it. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. The love is from the Father. For God so loved the world, that is why he gave his only begotten son. Then he mentions the fellowship of the Spirit. The communion of the Spirit. Okay? So the grace comes from Jesus. He brings the grace. He brings God's ability on the scene. He comes with God's strength, God's ability. God can do it. I can do all things through Christ, which is in me, which strengthens me. But God's ability and God's grace must be received by the individual through faith. Through faith. Not of works. Not received by works. If I do A, B, C, D, then I can receive what God wants to be. No. It's by grace. Eh? He, he does it. And you receive it by faith. So God has done a lot of things God has done in us. Are you seeing it? A lot of things. I've mentioned righteousness today. Okay? He's given you an excellent life. Christianity is not what most people have defined over the years. Christianity is not walking in a certain way or dressing in a certain way. You know, there are some churches that cannot have a, someone who is Rasta, has, who is Rastafarian coming in. You know, some churches can't have that. There are some churches who they want you to take it off before you come into the church. It's like, that is not Christian. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are some churches that cannot have guys who have bored their ears, eh? pierced, right? That's what I'm saying. Who have pierced their ears, or guys, some people who have tattoos from coming in. There are churches who can't have homosexuals coming in. Where should they go? We can't have, we don't, not for lesbians. Lesbians cannot come there. What, what they are saying is that God is selective. You see? And God is not selective. God accepted, He died for everybody. Including them. Let everyone sit down. Just teach them the word of God. As you teach them the word of God, that word, the Bible says that, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It's actually not set, it's make you free. It will set you free and take you out of the prison. Some people, because some people, and that's what has happened to most Christians, they are in the prison. Okay? They were in, the, they were in prison. Jesus came and opened the the door took the shackles off. But they are still inside the prison cell. They are free, but they are still inside the prison cell. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Trying to God to come and take them out. God has taken them out, but they've carried the prison with them out. You see what I'm talking about? Yeah. The truth shall make you free. It makes you free. What it means is that it, it, takes, it opens the, the prison doors, takes the shackles off your hands and your feet, and takes you out of it and brings you to the place of glory. So as you share the truth, as you share the word of God, the people who are behaving like that, all those who are behaving like that are behaving like that because they have a warped mind. Their mind is warped. There's a problem with their thinking. Okay? There's a problem with their psychology. There's something going on in their minds. They think this is what someone would say that I was born like this. When I was born, I started wearing uh, ladies, ladies' clothes and ladies' whatever. What are you talking about? But we can't, we can't fight them. We can't. It's actually a useless effort trying to fight such people. Like, 
Let them sit down. Just share the word of God. And the word of God is so powerful. It will, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It can go beyond what you think that's, what you think your words can go. No, no, no. The word of God can just go like that. And catch things out of their minds. Catch things out. Before long, the guy who came with dreadlocks, if he doesn't like it, he'll take it off. Because as he hears the word of God, he realizes that this thing, it, it casts a certain image to someone else. But when I'm approaching someone else, the person will think that I'm um, something else. So let me take it up so that I can preach the gospel to others. Yeah. Because he gets to know, he becomes so empowered, he gets to know that I'm a child of God. I'm, and I'm, I have a mandate from God to share the word of God with others. Then he takes it off so that he can be acceptable before men and preach the gospel to them. Not because God wants it off. But because he realizes that, no, this thing is not going to help me to reach others. Let me take it off so I can reach others. Hallelujah. I see how it works. Yeah. The guy who was, was a homosexual will change. He will change. The, the word of God is so powerful. There was, the Bible says that there was a day Jesus was going to preach. He was going to teach. The Pharisees were there. The Bible says, and the power of God was present. The power of God was present. As the word of God is shared, the power of God is present. And that power of God, there was a day Jesus was preaching and people were shouting. Demons were shouting as he was preaching. The Bible says he casted out the devils with his word. And this is where that we are talking about. So all those demonic things that are sitting on people's shoulders. Vomiting on people. They are Christians who have all kinds of things around them. <laughs> they can be cured. Christians can be cured of all their infirmities and all their troubles through the word of God. As a shed like that is why we must always come to church. The more you hear the word of God, the more all those things leave you. You realize that your mind, your mind concerning something has changed. No, no, I'm not supposed to be thinking like this. Then you start expressing the life of God. Christianity is expressing the life of God here on earth. That's what Christianity is. Okay? If you read in 2 Peter chapter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, the Bible mentions exactly what Christianity means. The Amplified will tell us very well. Praise the Lord. It says, But you are a chosen race. This should keep this should make you excited. You know, when, when you are not feeling happy or excited, just take the Bible and go here. <laughs> And just read it. But you are, and you don't read it with your grandmother in mind. You know, some people receive the word of God with other people in mind. As you are in church, ah, if Kofi were here, Kofi has missed. Kofi is a bad boy. This would have changed him forever. You will never think of yourself. If Yamansa were here, if Big Bobo was here, Big Bobo, you know Big Bobo. If Big Bobo was here, he would have changed. Jump, if Jumping Jonathan were here, if Slippery Susie were there, Slippery Susie is so slippery. If only she were here, you would not think about yourself. Tell anybody, think about yourself. Tell anybody, the word of God is for you. It's not for someone else. <laughs> it says, but you were chosen race. I'm chosen. Thank God I'm chosen. And that's how you respond to the word of God. You just thank God, thank God I'm chosen. I'm chosen. Do you understand chosen? Come. I've chosen him out of everybody, everybody here. If you are chosen, it means that you were taken from a certain group. Do you know that? You were chosen by somebody for a purpose. Set apart by God to do something. Chosen. He's chosen. He's chosen. Yeah. You can take your seat, man of God. You are unchosen now. Hallelujah. (laughs) 
one of the one of the major people to think about when you think about choice, God's choice, is Joseph and David. These two people, <laughs> because of how they were how they were taken out of the lot. In David's case, God made Eliab, made Shammah, he made all those people, and came to the last guy and said, "This is the one I like," and chose him out, and made him special. Look at Joseph. Eleven other brethren, God chose him, and through Jacob gave him the coat of many colors. Hallelujah! Made him a king and a prince of Egypt. So when the Bible says you are chosen, our chosen, our our our, our being chosen is actually higher than all these people that I've mentioned. <laughs> it's amazing. We be. I don't want to go. I don't want to talk about it. You didn't want to be. We were chosen before the foundations of the world. Before the foundation of the world. Just because I'm talking about the fact that you are chosen. You get it? It's so nice. I, I want to stop, but it's not working. So let's look at this, this last thing. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 1, rather. Verse, verse 4. Let's read from verse 3 so that it makes more sense. Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us? Kola Bashatabaya. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Then verse 4 is what I really want you to see. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. This is what the devil saw and was not happy. The word before the foundation of the world is, there are two words for foundation in the Bible, in the Greek. The first one is uh, Temelius. That means the foundation of a building. The second one is katabule. And katabule means the overthrow. It means the overthrow. And the word here for foundation is katabule. Means meaning the overthrow. The overthrow of Satan. Before the overthrow of Satan. So God chose us before the overthrow of Satan. And that was what that Lucifer saw and was not happy. He thought he was the one who was chosen by God. Then later on God said that, Oh, I've actually planned for these people to be the ones who you are actually going to be serving these people. Yeah. So our choice is very, very far. God did not choose you by when he brought Jesus Christ. He chose you before. Before he said, let the heavens and the earth come. He had chosen you. He had you in mind before. Chosen you. See, I'm chosen. So don't, if you don't, so that is why you have to be, you have to be relaxed in life. <laughs> you have to be relaxed in life. Don't be fretting. And what is going to happen for me? Just walk with God. Just follow God. You understand? Just follow God. <laughs> uh, let me show you something, okay? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Okay, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. I, you don't, I, don't be worried. Don't be worried in life. Say I refuse to worry. Say it again, I refuse to worry. I refuse to worry. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. Hmm? Because there's a certain path that God has taken for you. The devil is against you, but there's a certain path that God has given. That is why you just have to follow that. You have to follow God. I'm following, I'm following God. And I don't, I don't care what the devil says, I'm following God. Look at, look at the scripture. Let's read the Amplified of the scripture. It's so nice. I'm chosen before the foundation, before the overthrow of the devil. It says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. 
We are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, his workmanship. Then it says, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life. <laughs> You've been trying to live a certain good life. It can only be good. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. He has made everything ready, prepared everything. And he says, Just come and live, come and enjoy. The Bible says that in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures evermore. We are dwelling in his presence. Don't you understand? I enjoy fullness, joy. So, listen, when I sleep, I sleep very well. I'm telling you, when I sleep, I've slept. I sleep. I can sleep. I'm not the kind of guy, one of some of those guys who sit up thinking. You know, when you do this, they say you're carrying the world, you know? And I ask you, what, what is wrong? Hmm. Hmm. Life is not easy. Life is easy. He's giving me a good life. He has prayed around you for me to walk in it. I'm chosen, I'm chosen. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.